So the guy gets fired, and then he called in the Gino show yesterday, and, and Gino goes, how's the, because Gino knows his whole family, I guess. Oh, no. Gino goes, how's the wife? And he kind of gulped, and he goes, uh, she's doing better now. So you know when when you know when she got fired when he got fired his wife was like oh beside herself what the fuck because they just got married it was in a press release I I looked up all this shit because I want to do some prep like Bill Schultz so I so so he just he just it, when he got hired they said he was at a sister station for seven years they made assistant program director they made him program director and and him and his wife they've been married since 2020 blah 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 so can you imagine that conversation that's a patreon i would sign up for him yelling his wife yelling at him because oh he's friends with gino bisconte got him and fired gino's like uh rodney dangerfield where like uh, i get no respect like gino drops the n-bomb like at christmas they, yeah that's yeah. like his that's like his hook now <laughs> oh, yes man. indeed welcome on in to the check your brain podcast <clears throat> i probably should have cleared my throat before i did this but uh welcome on in here on uh if you're listening on patreon it's patreon.com slash tony Mazer. if you want to sign up so i appreciate you folks who have uh, subscribed in the last couple of weeks and uh felt sorry for me mainly you know for things gino did for things i've done and everything and we'll get into that talking about in this conversation so Thank you to Kevin Brennan, but for kind of bringing it up that we're going to do a podcast with my wife where she can yell at me for all the stupid things I say and do. Um, but I was going to do that anyways, regardless of whether I was employed or not. And uh, here I am doing a podcast with you. We did this a year ago we before did. our first full year of marriage. Yes. Uh, and we had the wedding and everything. And uh, here we are in... Two years in, this weekend, the reason we're doing this podcast is because uh, this weekend is our two-year anniversary. Then we begin year three as a married couple. And here we are. Here we are. It's uh, It's been quite a year, hasn't it, since it's, the last time we recorded a podcast? It's been, a, it's been something. Oh, yeah. it's uh, it, It's been interesting because last time we were... Uh, but by, by the second podcast, because remember what we did last la- year, we were uh, what in the in the yeah we were in so a studio. We were in a studio. We're in a studio. <laughs> and uh, what we did last year is kind of what we're doing this year is we do the first podcast, which is going to be a clean, free podcast. It's going out wherever you're listening to these podcasts right now. And then the second one was a Patreon exclusive because no one's ever gotten in trouble for putting out a Patreon exclusive podcast. Hmm. So this is where I I start by saying uh, this is my wife Leah. Hello. And uh, whatever is said on this podcast is no reflection on her employer. Uh, This is the Try Not to Get Leah Fired as Well podcast. That's right. It's just shrapnel right now is what ends up uh, coming about. So, uh, yeah, whatever is said on this podcast, we're not going to get controversial. We'll, you know, I'm not going to drop F-bombs or anything. That's on Patreon if you want to subscribe, if you're listening to this for free, where I just talk about whatever the heck I want. Pardon my French. But, uh, yeah, no, this podcast, we're just going to kind of talk about uh, my mental status, <laughs> how, how I've been. Well, we, I don't what it's think like, they allow us to have enough time for that. What it's like to be married to me. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, just anything else we've got going I on. I didn't so. know inquiring minds. Well, maybe just Kevin wants to know what it's like being married to you. Oh, no, I'm sure there's a lot of people <laughs> who are like, really, how do you put up with it? <laughs> I, I, remember, so last year it's we put out. called up- Alcohol. <laughs> We put out the podcast for free, and uh, we we got some interesting responses. We won't mention anything as to what <laughs> what happened with the responses. It doesn't the matter if we mention it anyways. They don't know. <laughs> yeah. 
So we ended up doing kind of a fun, fun little podcast, and uh, people seemed to kind of enjoy it. So I said, "Well, let's try to recreate what we did without." Now you have a uh, you have a ranch water you're drinking right I now. Do. I am not drinking right now, so I am going to be in a full, nice state of mind right now. I'm not again, I'm not going to curse. I'm not going to talk about what I do normally behind the paywall. We'll just talk about everything, have a good time. So, how are things? Good. I mean. <laughs> You know, things can always be better, but I would I'm not I'm not complaining. There's nothing mm-hmm. to complain about. No, I mean, so 2 years of being married right now. We've uh, known each other for several years, been dating for well, almost five and a half years. Yeah, which is odd because 5 years <laughs> for me in the previous two relationships was the uh poop or get off the pot point. Yeah. To which I got off the pot twice. Mm-hmm. Uh so I mean at this point I've never been married at the five year mark. So this will be an interesting uh this will be an interesting go for me. Heck you were married at the three year mark. Yeah. That's so, yeah. Here we so, are. Yeah. I uh, guess I'll find out this year whether we're staying or not. Well yeah, I mean <laughs> if you've had two five year relationships, but I've also had a five year relationship and I clearly How'd that work out for you? D- d- uh, didn't really work out too well. <laughs> Give me oh, a lot of... Uh, that was the chair. It was the chair. Okay. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't me this time. Or me. <clears throat> so, yeah, the uh, being together for these few years, but especially in the last two, and we kind of briefed on this last year, but a lot of things have popped up since then, and new listeners and inquiring minds is uh, going through the whole COVID situation and not getting yeah. into to it, but it's trying for a lot of couples. It's one of those things where... You know, you think about a couple who is going to get married or dating. Like, I, you know, we've known people who just started dating around the time COVID started. And it was either, are, are we going to be quarantined? Are we a quarantine right now? Ew. Or, ugh, I know. Exactly. It's like, it's like swole mates I'm when you see so a couple go to the you. gym. Don't talk to me anymore. <laughs> the, but when you see some of those couples that go through that process and you say... Uh, you know, like that's got to be tough because you are baptism by fire. There isn't a time where you're going from like, hey, you know, I, I guess we'll see each other in a week or two. It's like it's either we see each other now or until the world ends. And that's kind of how people were treating it at the time. Well, we were in the middle of planning a wedding that was going to be a couple of months away. It happened. It didn't happen the way we wanted. But when we did last year's podcast... We were talking about a podcast, or we were talking about wedding, the second wedding, the first full one, when people got vaccinated or felt better about the whole COVID situation. How do you feel like, how did that go off? Was that, uh, did you enjoy that much better? And, uh, you know, and uh, how, how's everything been with that? Did I enjoy the second wedding? Yes. Much better? I mean, yeah, because it, it was the second wedding. It was the wedding. I mean... I don't know. I was, I've, first of all, just planning a wedding in general with a pandemic, without a pandemic, I am not wedding girl. I was never the girl who had their whole idea of what they wanted from when they were a child. Um, I think maybe when I got a Pinterest, I had a Pinterest board, and I think I titled it Someday Maybe for like wedding ideas that I would see, but it was never, I was never that girl looking for marriage. I didn't go to college to get my MRS as some people like to call it, especially Ugh. in Southern colleges. That's another thing. Someone, someone just mentioned that yesterday and I was like, Oh, I remember those days 
when get you I went MRS. to school in Pensacola, Florida. And well, you yeah. know, nowadays it's uh, it's a M- MX. Now. Yeah, no. that's the big thing. That's uh, very gender neutral. Sure. Well, in my in my <laughs> again, world, listen to my Patreon. I talk a lot about that. I would be going to get my MRS. But anyways, so wedding planning for me was just a trial all over the place because I, it's just not something I like to do. It wasn't about, oh, I don't want to get married to you or something like that. It was just, I like plan. I do like planning parties or whatever, but I also like planning things that I feel like I have the means to do. Um, and not saying we didn't have the means. We unfortunately stumbled into the means with uh, inheritance from my father. So um, that wasn't the issue. It was just the planning. And then trying to figure out, are we going to have this or not because or is the wedding or the wedding venue is going to open this that and the other so i believe we decided to postpone the full reception the day before the governor said we're going to reopen the wedding venues but you can't do anything you can't dance it's you have to sit at a table you can't even have a buffet like you can't do anything you can just all sit in a room and look at each other that's what it was it was footloose it was uh mike dewine our diminutive governor was basically the uh, it was the dad from Footloose. Mm-hmm. But we were pretty much set on... No dancings, tables six feet apart, everyone had to be masked, and we're like, yeah, yeah no, that's not going to be fun for anybody. We have COVID-conscious people who are invited and in the wedding, and for us who, you know, for me, I didn't give a turkey about it in the first place, but you also have to, you know, do you, do you want a wedding where there's six people there? And it uh, looks like we're going to have to probably postpone to do a bigger ceremony. And hopefully the world by 2021 is going to be less insane as it was in 2020. And luckily for us, it was. It was a little bit more sane. Pre-Omicron, pre-Delta, actually. But people felt better. There was no mask mandate. And we ended up having our wedding. But there were still people who didn't come because <clears throat> of it. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of people who wouldn't come anyways because they're just, uh, you know, the, no, that's, that's people. People are just afraid of living life. Still, I'm confused. What do you mean they wouldn't come anyway? No, I'm just saying that there are still people who are not living their proper lives. No, yeah, but I'm talking. I still ab- see people wearing masks in their car right now. Right. I'm just saying in general. I'm not saying just with us. No, I know. I'm saying anything. So, it's um. But yeah, no, we we had the ceremony. And by the way, this is the second time Kevin Brennan yelled at me. <laughs> Because the first time was that he's like, you're a young guy. Why are you getting married? What's the, you know, why don't you just go? And I'm like, what? And then he took my side. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And we'll, we'll get into that. We're burying the lead right now. Um, but I, the reason I kind of, I had always wanted to get married when I was younger and start a family. Not too young, but like something where it was a little bit more normal, maybe 25, 30 years ago, where you were having kids in your late 20s. Not in your early 20s, but certainly not in your mid 40s. Like it's kind of, you know chic now that's going on and i'd always wanted that and there are those kind of um feelings internally where i would just be like and i would get reminded of certain things where like you know at this point in my father's life he's married and already trying to have a kid and here i am i'm single and i'm you know i'm at a bar right now and watching a game and, you know, drinking some IPA or whatever. It's like, what am I doing wrong with my life? And in reality, it was not doing anything wrong. It was I was comparing myself to a different time, but still I would get those feelings and it would just be like, but it would also have to be the right person. It wasn't going to be the one I was in a five-year relationship with, not the one I was in a three-year relationship with, not the other one I was in a two-year relationship with. It had to be one with the right person. And, and you came around and so you I said... you picked a year and a half? 
Year and a half, yes. <laughs> year I half. To go, I'm good. I'm sold. I wanted to go after the, the shortest period of time. <laughs> About the time when uh, I went to go ask for your mother's uh, blessing, and she thought I was driving all the way out to Pittsburgh to break, break up, up with, with you and, and give her the bad news. Like, Mima, I'm just going to tell you right now, uh, it's just not, it's not working. I just Sorry. don't understand why my mom would think that, because I've never <laughs> dated a guy that went and told her that they were breaking up with me. They would just break up with me. No. So. No, yeah. It. Uh, that's a new one. I am not a, <clears throat> I was never a good breaker upper. I would Clearly. Always, I would always want it to be somebody, you know, I had to. It, Make the decision for you. Pretty much. But I did do one breakup. I've told you that one. <laughs> Where, uh, for folks folks who don't know, uh, one relationship I had, it was one of those, it was a rebound relationship, shouldn't have gone on that long, um, wasn't really that long, it was about, what, four months, five months, whatever it was, and it was one of those, I'm like, how do you break up with somebody? Because I'm also, believe it or not, you know, you can look at my tweets, you can hear my Patreon and my podcast and everything, actually, I'm kind of a nice guy, and I didn't want to let somebody down but I also, I'm like, how am I going to do this where I can, mm, you know, have some plausible deniability where maybe her and I can kind of be cordial afterward and not just call me, you know, every name in the book. And so what I did is I pretended I was insane, <laughs> that I was having nervous breakdowns. And it got to the point where I'm just like, just, I, I'm, I should have just gotten like a Tony. I should have got a Tony award for this. And she sits me down and says, you need to go to therapy. You need to go to therapy right now. This is, you are not well. I Therapy has helped me. You need to go to therapy. And I'm like, I, I don't know. I've never been to a therapist. And she's like, do you want to... You kind of sounded like John C. Riley and stepbrothers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and she started crying. And she's like, uh, she's like, do you, do you want to break up? I'm like, it's probably for the best. And I'm like, yes, I did it. Finally did it. And then I was off scot-free and then then i got into another relationship she's like wow you moved on quick and that didn't really work out too well Well, but anyways um so yeah so marriage life has been dating history everybody has been kind of interesting especially in the last couple of months where uh you uh you came home from work one day and found out that i was no longer employed at my previous uh previous employer yeah i did not see that one coming i'll be honest i mean i was was i worried about it for yeah, once you started really not holding back with your views on uh, the pandemic and how we were all being handled as a human race, uh, I was there was growing concern. Um, especially you hear people, or I'm getting text messages from my friends saying that there are people contacting them on social media asking for you to be reported to your managers or whatever. And I was like, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta rein it in. By the way, I like what's so funny about that is that my political, everyone else can post their political views about everything. It's mine that are a problem. You know, my political views where it's, I kind of believe in freedom. You want to wear a mask? You want to get a vaccine? You want to do any of that? Go for it. Absolutely. Don't force it on any, here's my rules. Don't force your values on anyone else, especially when they are kind of mixed up values. And also, don't corrupt children. Those are my two big rules, is freedom and don't corrupt kids. And what does everybody want to do? Let's corrupt kids and take away everyone's freedom. Yet, my political, my views, my social views and everything, mine are the problem where your coworkers, my coworkers, everybody else has to go, geez, Tony's really lost his mind, hasn't he? I'm like, 
I'm still the same guy that okay, you well, met years well, ago. Well, let's preface this because you just said something <laughs> that could get me in trouble. None of my coworkers have said to me yeah. at any time mm. that you've lost your mind. Yes. True. I think they know better. Now, and by no <laughs> better, know I mean they're not going to tell me. They'll yeah. maybe talk about other people, but nobody at my employer, which is on my social media accounts, so please do not report, but no one has said to me or specifically that you have lost your mind. Now, they have been contacted by other people saying that you yeah. have lost your mind, mm-hmm. which is why people contacted me for me to be then like, um... Sony, people are noticing things and are threatening to get you fired. Uh, and apparently one day it came true. It came true. I've uh, For folks who don't, you know, didn't hear one of the previous podcasts I did a couple of weeks ago, uh, the radio station I was working for in the company that uh, I, uh, I don't work there anymore. And it was a situation where I had on my Patreon podcast a good friend of ours, Gino Bisconti, comedian extraordinaire, also host of his own podcast, In Hot Water and Gum Fridays. And we got into, we did a, uh, a three-part podcast. Beca- and they said, well, why even book Gino? Well, Gino was coming to our area to perform at Comedians of the Compound at the Funny Stop. And the show never happened because his then co-host, Aaron Berg, basically had a stroke <laughs> right after that. His blood pressure was way too high, and he had to be hospitalized. So they said, I got to cancel some dates, and one of them's got to be in town. So that's the reason I had Gino on. It wasn't like, hey, I'm bored, and I could use a, uh, <laughs> a, a guest today, so I'll call Gino. Who's a good fire starter? Let's call Gino. So, but what we did is, th- through the whole podcast, the first part, the first half, which was the first hour, was talking about, I had just lost my, my grandma the day before we recorded it, and we were t- I was talking about how I'm, I'm more angry than I am sad because I never got to see her in the final couple of years because the media and everybody else corrupted her into thinking that this virus was Ebola and everything. And so she bought into all the nonsense and stayed home and couldn't see, didn't want to see us. I mean, she, it was, she would tell my father that, hey, if, if she would tell my mom to say, hey, if Mark comes over, he's got to make sure he wears a mask. And my dad's like, I'm not wearing a mask in your home. And, and it was like, so they bought into this whole nonsense and that COVID can hang in the air for up to nine hours outside. And we're all like, where did you hear this? But they bought into it. So I got to see my grandma twice in the last two year, or last two years of her life because of all this COVID stuff. So the first part was that. Then the second part was we talked about Gino. Gino was once en- actually twice engaged. And we just kind of had some fun, talked a little football. Then we did a Patreon-exclusive podcast where... I was like, hey, if you like those two episodes, subscribe for a five bucks a month and go check it out. And so we were talking about Colin Kaepernick and, and the Rooney rule and how we honestly think, if you think about it, the Rooney rule in football is actually racist. You're going out of your way to, to interview a black or Hispanic or gay or whatever marginalized group uh, to interview them just because they're black and they're not going to necessarily hire that person. They're just basically, and the example I use is someone like Jerry Jones who would say, hey, Leslie Frazier, hey, Hugh Jackson, come on in, have a seat. We're not going to hire you, but because of the NFL rule, we have to do this. Uh, to, and so we were talking about that, and Gino drinks a little bit, <laughs> 
and gets controversial and says a couple of things. And apparently because of my attachment, and it was on my podcast, that's why I fall on the sword, that anything that was said that was controversial that that I'm not going to repeat was a reflection on me, and it was causing a problem at my previous employer, and that's why I am no longer employed there. So it's my fault, ultimately. I fall on the sword, as I said, and it's my responsibility because I put that out there. I didn't edit it. It was there. Um, I, me thinking that, hey, I've got a few Patreon uh, supporters that might want to hear it because they're fans of mine, fans of Gino. But I didn't realize there was one person who was somehow involved in my previous station. Don't know exactly who this person is, but it was somebody who had an email address who signed up for my Patreon the week I was promoted at my last gig. So it was somebody clearly spying on me. I don't know who it is. It could have been somebody in management. It could have been one of my coworkers who was trying to be my friend, or it could be somebody who was just had a bone to pick with me. And they found what they thought was enough evidence, and they they got me canned. So I come home, and uh, or I, I come home, and for several hours, I'm like, what am I gonna do here? I've got uh, I'm just stewing on this, and I'm like, I can't text her. I gotta wait till she comes home, and. I'm like, when am I going to drop the bomb? And you brought something up that, uh, talking about how I, when I was overseeing my then coworkers as being a program director, and you said, if, oh, did I talk to them about this? Is this managed? And I said, uh, no, that didn't happen today, because, uh, yeah, I got the old, as the umpires say, the old heave-ho today. That is not how you said it. Not, no, it's not. <laughs> no, I'm like, I got fired today. So that's what ended up happening. And, um... By the way, for anyone who wants to go listen to that podcast I did with Chino, uh, it got deleted, so it's gone. So I I don't even remember what was even said in the podcast. I know it wasn't really that controversial. It may be if you're somebody who's uh, you know who listens to NPR all day, but if you're somebody who enjoys comedy podcasts, you probably would actually think it would would have been interesting. But again, it was deleted that day, and I have no record of it. I don't remember what it was. So getting back to you, my dear. Your thoughts, like, what was the first thought? Like, were you angry with me? Did you want to strangle me? Did you feel bad for me? What were your thoughts? Was this like, well, you finally did it. Another nice mess you got yourself into. I didn't. One, I thought you were joking. And the weird part about it was I had the same conversation, in a sense, with a good friend of mine a couple years ago when I got him hired at my station. And he called me and told me, like he we would always call and say like really dead serious things over the phone to me but like he was totally joking and i would call him out but you it was almost like deja vu when he said he was fired i would say i was like no way i don't believe you this is a joke um and then you're like no i'm serious and i'm like no you're not because i was just there's no way you're getting fired now honestly i didn't also know that you were already kind of in going, hot water. Yeah, going down. I didn't realize um, because I didn't ask and you never hinted that things were already kind of getting a little touchy there when it came to like a, a stranglehold on leadership um, and, and decisions at the station that were being made. So I wasn't aware that you were already kind of not on a on a safe space with these people. I was up, you know, what creek without a paddle. I, yeah, I think they say I didn't know that. Well, and a lot of it was, it wasn't, again, it wasn't anything to clarify for anybody, any curious minds out there. It wasn't anything that, like, in fact, I was trying to make the station better. The station, and by the way, if you're listening right now, the station sucks. It's um, garbage. Well, 
I'm going to say it right now. If you're listening right now, the station sucks. It's mediocre. And I don't want to be attached to anything that's mediocre. You listening right now? It sucks. It sucks without me. And I had an opportunity to turn that station around and make it out to be something. And you decided, no, I would rather just have a mediocre garbage station just to put something on the air because you have buyer's remorse because you bought a station, overpaid for it 11 years ago. But anyways, so, okay, yeah, I, I want so to detach my wife from all of this. First, this is just me. First, I didn't think that you were being serious. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it hits you like, oh, you've got to have a reaction here when you can breathe and it's you know do you freak out um and of course i mean in in my time i am the fieriest of scorpios and you know this i will rage at the drop of a dime so what about me i'm a pisces but i can yeah, rage. i can rage pretty you're well pretty, too. you're pretty fiery for pisces so i knew at that point and at this age in my life uh, it does no good to just start screaming and breaking things and punching walls. Hint, hint. So, I haven't done, um, that. I haven't done that here this week. So I, um, was like, well, it's, you know, it's not going to solve anything right now to freak out. Mm. It literally been hours. So we have time to figure things out. So I just kind of know that in this role in your life, and I guess that's the part of growing up is you've gotta be supportive and we're a team so we have to take it for the team so no kevin i did not freak out (laughs) but i thank you and appreciate you for thinking of me in that time uh did i want to freak out almost definitely because i have been warning him for two years to not this, this is true by the way to not poke the bear i'm a journalist as well as in fashion, you were at one point. And a problem I'm having now with the business in general, and I think I can say this without getting in too much trouble, is that I feel like when we started in this business, you take an unofficial oath that you're going to report the news, that you're going to report these stories, that you're going to report what's happening in the world and you're not supposed to be biased. We're not supposed to be biased. This is, this is the rule. Um, and I've definitely seen, especially <clears throat> from 2016 on, that there's a definite bias. Um, everybody has a bias. Um, and it's just a matter of how you can, um, you know, work with a bias or not. Mask it, basically. Yeah, basically, yeah. Fake it till you make it. And... I feel like that, you don't have to do that anymore if you feel a certain way. Um, I cover a ton of stories that I don't agree with, but no one knows the difference from me. In fact, well, maybe now a little more, but I could probably say nobody could know who I voted for just from talking to me in the newsroom for a day. But I knew in 2016 who everybody voted for. When I heard everybody was crying in the newsroom see, see, isn't that, that night. Isn't that funny so, how some people can show their political beliefs and, and other and people cannot. And not get in trouble, but other people can get fired. Even if they're very mainstream beliefs. But yours wasn't political beliefs. Yours was <clears throat> <laughs> racial slurs. You have to avoid them. Well, not me saying it. That's the thing. No, but you were, a, you were connected with it. It happened on your show. 
Well, but that's also the same thing of like, you know, you get into that conversation. It's like, oh, you know, I've never said the N-word. It's like, well, did you, you like this rap artist, right? And so what, what, every time when you're alone in the car, it's just, it's, it's a whole silly semantic thing that I tried explaining in the context at the time. And it, it kind of fell on deaf ears there. But for me, it was just, you know, when that came down, I kind of, I kind of felt pretty free though. I gotta say, so when I got let go, and it gave me an opportunity to kind of assess, and I'm, sh- I'm still assessing things, obviously. It's gonna it's gonna take a process, and as I told you the other day, I've been really kind of suppressing it mm-hmm. of, of what ended up happening, because this isn't the only time I've ever been let go from an employer. This has happened yeah. a couple of times, but it, when you're in radio, you kind of have to get fired at some point, because it, it happens, It's but it depends on what you did, or if it's you're working for a company that's downsizing, whatever the case is, um, that's what I had to deal with. So it it sucked, and it still sucks and everything, but probably for the better. Like you kind of said, and again, we're not naming names or anything like that, but the business has changed. The business of mass media has changed in the last 15-plus years since we've been doing this. 15, in, in that 15 to 20 years that you and I have been in the quote-unquote media, we've seen the medium change a lot. You've seen the, in my business, the influx of, at the time, it was internet radio, which became podcasting and streaming. Uh, And in your business, you also have streaming, but you also have the influx of Netflix and other options of uh, obtaining entertainment, information, everything like that. And we kind of notice it, and again, we're not naming names, but there are a lot of people in both of our businesses in the last even pre-COVID, that we're saying, it's not right for me. I'm, I'm heading out. I'm getting a real job. I'm, I'm, wor- I'm getting a blue-collar job. I'm a P- uh, working PR now. I'm doing all this other stuff. And it's because the business has not been, this is my opinion again, the business has not been kind to content creators. They have been kind of, uh, they've been sticklers. They've been, uh, I'm, how should I say this? They've been... Uh, not allowing the kind of creativity that could be uh, available. Like, I know that in the radio business, that they would prefer to have people kiss behinds and have mediocrity than have somebody who can probably, it might cost a couple of bucks, but actually put out a really good product. Now, I'm not sure what it's like in TV, but I have seen, you know, just my observation of a lot of people that have said, hey, I'm leaving TV for this job. And it's uh, the, the way the yeah, business is Yeah, but that's not for content creation. That's for the stress of the job. Yeah. It's for actually the fact that we learned how to create content outside of their four walls for two years. I mean, I was sent home from my job in April of 2020, and I fought it. I did not want to work from home. I wanted nothing to do with working from home. Uh, three months in, I was like, I'm never going back to the building. I will stay here in How this nice corner for the rest of my life. You're sitting in your spot. I am right sitting now. in my spot that I was in for a year and a half, and then we find out in I think May that they were bringing us back in July, and we had the opportunity to apply for a flex position, and then they just denied all of us and brought us all back. And then what happened two weeks later? Delta. Yeah. And instead of sending us back home to do the job we had been doing. Uh, then it was mask up and we're not bringing anyone else into the building. Just the people who went from being the easiest to remove from the building 
then all of a sudden became the ones most necessary to be in the building. So that didn't make any sense to me. But anyways, um, the amount of content that we were able to do because we all invested in Zooms and in FaceTimes and, and just being able to create more information for our shows, they still are asking for all that. Plus now with us back in the building and you're traveling, you know, to work and now we're paying twice the amount we were paying when we left the building for gas and food and everything. It's just too much. And these other jobs figured out in the pandemic, these other types of careers learned how to work from home or work remotely and are offering it to people and are offering Mm. people the opportunity to have a flex. And, you know, they created these monsters. That's what I said to them. Like you created this monster that wants to stay home and work from the comfort of their home. Um, and now they, they want us back in the building five days a week. Well, yeah. and you know why? Because they think that, and this isn't your employer, this is, Elon Musk was talking about this yeah. with Tesla recently, is that if you want to, if you want to work from home, I, I'm paraphrasing, but if you want to work from home, then stay there, but you're not going to be no. working with us anymore. Right. And it, it is interesting to think about how we have changed as a people with our habits of of get doing work without needing to go into an office in the last couple of years and you realize how much time at just let's say a normal job anyone who's listening to this right now that has a like an office job how much time you waste per day like and a lot of it is wasting because you're afraid you're going to have a co-worker who's going to say hey you know tony over there hasn't really done much work he's been playing solitaire on his computer for a little so like oh shoot i gotta I gotta do something. I gotta, you know, like I gotta look busy. Look busy. Yes, yes. What what can I do to look busy? Uh, I'll pretend to be on the phone. I'm not again. Not saying you do this. Not saying that I was even doing it. But you realize. I think what we realized in 2020 and into 21, when a lot of people were still working from home, was there's a lot of downtime at work where you've kind of had to stretch it out into an eight-hour day, an eight-hour day that could have been done in half that time in a lot of ways. And I think a lot of places were going gosh, we're paying all these people to stay home and, you know, they, you know, they get up from their Zoom or they claim that their computer was down for a second, but what if they were just, you know, um, uh, doing wine with DeWine or whatever the case was? You know, we didn't know at the time, so I think they're like, no, we need to have you back in the building. For what? what for what purpose? But see, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying is we created twice the content being at home. Now we can't do that because we're constantly interrupted in the building with other things. And now they still want the amount of work we were doing from home Yeah. when, I mean, for me, I was able to focus a lot better at home. Um, I didn't have certain coworkers <clears throat> maybe trying to have conversations with me about personal things I don't feel like talking about with them or sharing with them because they're not in my personal life outside of the building. That's And that's part of that process of all that downtime when you're in the office that you also have but to I deal with. But I don't have downtime. Mm-hmm. I'm now even busier because they want what I was doing at home in the building. Plus then I have all these added distractions. Mm. So instead of just leaving me at home where you can get the amount of work you want from me, you pull me back into the building. Now you can't get from me what I was giving you, but you still want it. And now you're freaking out as to why you're not getting it. And people are fed up and they're like, I'm out. And people who thought this was it, this was the career. This is, you know, counting down the years to retirement and, you know, investing in your 401k in this company. And they're done in 10, 15 years after graduating from school. And 
um, it's it's really sad because there's off. I've seen. I had a lot of coworkers leave this year that um, I thought were the lifers that were going to be with me. Some of them, you know, started after me and they're already out, and it's just shocking. I don't know if that's going to be a good thing or bad thing down the road when we talk about. You mentioned lifers, but one thing our generation of being millennials in this, let's say 1980 to 1995. You just want to be in my category so bad. Well, you're considered a zenial, right? Isn't that what they call them? Uh, yes. Zenials. It's Zenials. like from like 80, it's like to, 81 to 86 yeah. or something like that. There's like, you're you're not really Gen X because you're not old enough, but you're also you're not, not a millennial. Not millennial because you remember millennial. going to Blockbuster back in the day or something. <laughs> be kind, rewind. But uh, I think a lot of that is, you know, our generation jumps from job to job a lot. And is it because they're not happy, they're not making enough money, that they're bored, they want a change of scenery, whatever the case is? Or is it because, you know, the, the employer is just not valuing their employees anymore, where back in our parents' day, you had a job for 35 years. You worked at the steel mill, you worked at the, you know, the... Uh, you know, you're a groundskeeper for all that time, and you kept that same job for decades. You you raised a family on that, and now our generation is just two years, three See, years, and that's what six ir- months. But that's what irritates me when you say our generation, and I know we're like we're only six years apart, <laughs> but I still feel like I'm in a generation that is very different from your generation because I feel like the people I went to college with and things like that. They're not jumping around from career to mm-hmm. career. They're not. They and a lot of the like the people like I went to school with for like broadcasting and and for TV. Yeah, a lot of them didn't go into broadcasting, but they're also at the jobs that they got into when they graduated. Yeah, we're not jumping around. But then also you see like what jobs millennials go go get, and they're not very stable. Right, and that's that kind of one of the problems. It's like it's. It's one thing if you have that job and you're like, look, this is what I'm going to do and I'm going to do it. I'm fine. I'm good at it. And I can do this the rest of my life until I retire. And uh, we don't have those jobs. And especially when you pick a very, very stable career like being in radio, (laughs) it's like you never know. I mean, you could look at your boss the wrong way and they let you go. And there's no guaranteeing you'll ever get hired again in that kind of business. And also, what on top of that, millennials... A lot of them went to college. They didn't really know what they wanted to do. They changed their major a couple of times. And you have a lot of communications degrees where you, it's like, what is? what do you do with a communications degree? What do you do with a general studies degree? Well, uh, I started working here, and uh, I work for a recruiter, and I work for this place and this place. And uh, seven years later, in five different jobs, here I am. And is that a good or bad thing? I, I don't know what the case is. I mean, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. As long as you're making money, you're good. And you have, like, savings and retirement funds. Oh, I mean, as long I as you however are... you're getting your money and you're getting insurance. Yeah. As long as every job you're getting is going to be making more money or yeah. it's better benefits. But sometimes that's not the case. No. And especially what we kind of saw going in from COVID is you had a lot of people who work in some kind of entertainment industry or whatever, or, or the restaurant industry that got affected and got shut down, that when they their unemployment benefits ran up or when they ended up getting a job, they got their old job back, but now inflation's nearing 10% right now. So any type of money that you were making before is completely wiped out. So a lot of people are like, how am I going to pay the bills right now? 
And so that's why I think a lot of that uh, is also another factor of job jumping. So um, for me, it's not so much that I was bored with one thing or another. Uh, it's that uh, I, I had other forces at play. But I will say, though, two years ago during COVID, I started getting really annoyed by media. I had been annoyed by media since I joined the media. But I started getting really annoyed by the coverage. And basically, if you weren't somebody who was shaming people for not wearing a mask and somebody who was standing less than six feet away from you and being Karens and calling up uh, police departments and everything, then you were the problem. And, and I'm like, no, no, no. I'm like, because I, I brought this up to, uh, to people and it kind of fell on deaf ears. It was basically, hey, guys, you know, I, I know there's a virus out there. It's a whole pandemic and everything and people are getting sick. But... What about the mental health that is going on? We already have a mental health crisis in this country anyways. And now tack on the fact a lot of those people cannot work right now. There's a lot of people who are going to NA and AA, and uh, they were going to the churches and trying to get clean. They were going to the gym and trying to do what they can to get back on uh, some kind of sobriety and some better way of life. Well, we decide because, because of COVID, we're going to shut down the gyms and the churches uh, and the and the AA meetings and clinics and everything. We'll keep the liquor stores open. That's okay. But and I'm like, it, is anybody else thinking that this is and can be an issue down the road? And see what do we have right now? Two years later, suicide rates are way up. Depression is way up for a lot of people. And I mean, my radical belief at that time was, hey, I'm thinking about other people. Apparently, I'm the I'm the a hole for talking about that. I, I'm I'm sorry that I'm just thinking about other people's mental health in that case, and that's when I started getting really annoyed by my industry and people who were working in it because it was so condescending. It was well, then just deliver for Amazon. Then they're always hiring. Or hey, Domino's could use an extra delivery guy. I'm not kidding. That's what my coworkers at the time told me, and I'm like, wow. So their view was Tony just wants to go to a concert how selfish of him and i'm like yeah no what about the people who put on the concert the venue the people who own the venue the security the bar the wait staff uh the ushers the roadies the people on the stage the people off the stage on the switchboard all those people need jobs right now and instead we wiped them out and it's just tony's being selfish and that's when at that time i'm like i don't know if i'm i don't know if i have much of a future in this business right now and i was talking about I'm thinking, of, you know, maybe I should become a truck driver or a longshoreman. And uh, I'm not going to tell anybody what I do for a living, where I work or anything, but I am now working a blue-collar job. And yeah, some days are better than others. It's tough. But I will say I am training to get my CDL in a couple of weeks, and that's going to be a process through the summer. But hey, what's going to be around a little bit longer? Jobs where you would be, need to be CDL certified we're working in a very unstable industry that if you fart in the wrong direction of your boss, you might get let go. So that's kind of how I've been looking at it. And I've been very soured on media in general and, you know, period. And uh, this just helped push it over the edge. Rack me. So that's just a long way of saying this is how I responded to the news that he got <laughs> fired. Um, I did not freak out. I did not yell. No, you did I not. I think I was very you were disappointed. You're like, oh, I was. Me. Yeah, I was disappointed. And I I tried to find the nicest way to say I told you so without just saying I told you so. I think now because you're just getting a little more. I don't know. What's the word? Fiery. I can say I told you so. Well, well, I, I'm fiery now. Well, because I'm going to I'm going to let me finish. Yeah, I'm going to let you talk. Let me finish. OK, I think 
at the time, I was like, we're going to, you know, take a minute we'll to breathe. Um, you know, we knew you had severance. So, and we knew how long that that was going to be. So that was like, okay, we know we have this amount of time to work with. And you already were, you know, putting, you know, irons in the fire. I didn't have to once come after you and be like, did you apply for this? Did you apply for this? Um, you were already on it. You, you were, I think what interviewing the next week. So I think we both did a really grown up job of the way we handled it. It in no way affected our marriage negatively. I don't think yet. No. At this point. Well, and also remember at the time, because this is a very tumultuous year that I have had personally, because that was the week (laughs) I was in the hospital for the second time. Yeah. So it was like, we're going to get you promoted then you're going <laughs> to have your first surgery of your life. It's an emergency surgery. Well, I, I went from, th- this is that roller coaster of emotion. I go from, hey, you got promoted to your dream job, to, hey, your grandma died, to, hey, it's your birthday, and we're going out of town. We're going to go to Florida for vacation, to, hey, your appendix is giving you a problem. Uh, it's going to ruin your whole weekend, and it's exploding right now, to, hey, I'm back the at work. Was appendix before Florida? It was after. Was it? Yeah. It was after Florida. I thought it was. I drank in oh, Florida. Oh, I keep forgetting. All the softball tournaments in the winter confused me. You're right. It was. I keep thinking it was the Mojo, and it was not the Mojo. Yeah, that, that was that, that was the that was where the appendix started, and then mm-hmm. I come back to work. Everything's fine, and then kidney stones, and then and then fired, and then fired, and it's like. So what do you do after you get fired? It's like either you're somebody who just gets blackout drunk. Or you go to the gym and you go run for like five hours just to clear your mind. And I couldn't do either of them because I was on antibiotics from still from the <laughs> you previous had week. Six weeks to re- yeah. Did you need to heal? So I couldn't drink and I couldn't go to the gym. So I just had to sit there and stew. But it, you know, now that I think about it, it's kind of you know, in the last what two, uh, two months that that ended up happening, is it kind of helped me go like, all right, what's next? Instead of, now, I could have probably gave myself a couple of days to go, like, to reflect on it, but I I didn't want to think about it. So I thought, how about this? How about I find out what my next opportunity? In fact, the next day I had job interview. Yeah. The next day. So there's jobs out there, by the way, for people. It just may not be your dream job. So, uh, you know, if you're somebody who's still going like, oh, I can't find your job. It's like, no, there's jobs. Just, you know, got to you got to figure out what what it is that you can do that you're capable of because there's mm-hmm. there were there were several people wanted to hire me for something but it just probably won't be for radio anymore. <laughs> and I mean it's not like we were we were in the I mean I for lack of a better term have been somewhat of the breadwinner of our relationship so we weren't too worried. Yeah, you don't make a lot of money in radio. Trust me. But on the other side, by, by the way, for can be folks, very lucrative for folks who, especially who, if you keep your nose clean, sir. Yeah, if, if you're Ryan, figuratively, if you're Ryan Seacrest or, or Ken Carmen, whatever or, the anyways. other. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, you for people who don't know, before you got into working in a TV, you were doing a little bit of radio stuff too. I was. So it's that was but the, TV was always radio was never the, the it was there TV in, it was, was the dream it was in the umbrella but from when I was six years old yeah it was in the umbrella well mine was radio but mm-hmm. radio changed from you know in the last 30 years since I was four I wanted to be in radio well that was 1992 and things have changed a little bit as far as the business goes so 
yeah, it's, uh, well, you know, we'll, we'll wrap it up here in just a couple of minutes, but uh, we are entering year three of being married. We do not have a wedding this year. Oh, it's so exciting. We're going to Cincinnati, and the only reason I, I said on the podcast yesterday, the reason we kind of picked Cincinnati, one, it's actually a cool town. We didn't pick it. You asked me to go. <laughs> True. Okay. <laughs> You you basically you painted the picture though. Here's the thing: if you can get somebody who wants to plan a trip for you, like I don't care if it's to a rest stop at this point. I mean, I kind of do, obviously, because at this point we've been together for a while. But when a guy takes the initiative, the initiative to plan something for you, like it's very nice, especially when you come from relationships where that did not happen. So the fact that you were very excited about it. And, and you do a lot of planning at work. So the I last do. thing you want to do when you get home is plan how your weekend. Exactly. I mean, I come home weeks. and I love to cook, but I always ask you, what do you want to cook? <clears throat> like, what do you want to have for dinner? Because I don't want to make the decision. I just want to be told this is what you are in the mood for. And then I will make it. Yeah. So, it, you know, Cincinnati is kind of one of those Towns that it's it's a cool town. They got a lot of cool stuff going on, and it's driving distance. It's not getting on a plane, uh, but it's also not sticking around home. Going like, well, you know, we could just stop, but we just stay home. It's like, eh, you know what? It's three plus hours t- to get there. There it's was fine. never the option to stay home this weekend. No, yeah, that's true. No, but um, well, and on and I've never, other than the stop we made in route to Kentucky, I've never stayed in Cincinnati for. Oh, that's not true. When I was little, my mother had, my parents had friends in Cincinnati, but I don't remember it. And I haven't gone to Cincinnati as an adult. And I hear it's a lot of fun as an adult. So. I mean, we did a little bit of that. You know, we went to Rheingeist. Yeah. But we haven't stayed overnight and like done a couple of things in the city. And I would like to experience that. I don't think, well, no, I was in Cincinnati. I stayed there about, actually for my grandma's birthday one year. Mm-hmm. We went there, but we did it again. That was where we were in the hotel. We watched the tuck rule game with Tom Brady. <laughs> so I always remember that. It's like, it's like, where were you when JFK? Where were you when 9-11? It's like, where were you when Tom Brady and the Patriot Empire <laughs> started? It's like, I was in Sharonville, Ohio. <laughs> so, uh, but yes. Well, uh, I feel as residents of Ohio, we, I mean, Columbus is like a second home to us. We need to check out the other major cities in Ohio, since there are a couple. Well, um, as we wrap it up, uh, do you like Joe Burrow? Yeah, he's all right. Yeah. It's not, I mean, he's not like, I'm not like, you know, gangbusters over him. You know how I feel. Leah here is, is, a, is a massive Ohio State fan. If you don't know. He did. Joe Burrow did go to Ohio State briefly. He did. But he got... Uh, it's like a Marine. Once a Buckeye, always a Buckeye. He kind of got... Um, James Harden, when James Harden was with the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder, and just kind of like, he's a talented guy, but we don't really have much of a place for him, so we're just going to trade him. And, of course, James Harden becomes who he is now. But, uh, yeah, Joe Burrow ends up going to LSU, wins the Heisman, wins the NCAA championship, and taking first overall. And it's tur- it brought the Bengals, the bungles of all teams, to the Super Bowl. And you go, wow, and here we are in Cleveland where Deshaun Watson... Uh, spends more time in massage parlors than he does on the practice And field. I warned y'all about the other guy. I... You need to apologize to Baker Mayfield. I am still waiting for Baker Mayfield to apologize to me. He does not need to apologize yes, to anybody. Yes, he does. He's anything disrespectful. The, the Browns... I, here's, my, here's my hope right now, is that Deshaun Watson is suspended for indefinitely. That they don't know what to... It, this is me. This is my I schadenfreude. Here's my problem. You can't... 
You can't suspend someone indefinitely if you didn't suspend a now Hall of Famer who murdered somebody. And that's that's several people. Who, OJ? Well, he was already out of the game when he murdered, right? Well, that's that's the thing about, yes. But yes. Ray Lewis. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Um, this, this guy has not been criminally charged. It's such a weird place to be in. I mean, I was obviously not for this. I saw all this nonsense coming. Um but it's a very hard place to be as a bronze fan. We were talking about this today because he's not been criminally charged. I mean, I kind of want to file a lawsuit just to see if I can get some money myself. And I'm not discounting. I'm not saying, oh, don't believe these women or anything like that. I believe something happened. Mm-hmm. Something had to have happened. But why is he not being criminally charged? That's my issue with this whole thing. Well, that's the thing with. The it would whole, make things a lot clearer if he was criminally charged. The When you talk about the morality, and we've talked about this on our football podcast with Chad and Ken Mosca, is that if you're going to the NFL for your morals, then you're in the wrong place. I mean, like you said, you have Ray Lewis, you have O.J. Simpson, you have Dante Stallworth, and Leonard Little ran over people while drunk. And, uh, you know, you've, you've had how many people with gun charges, rape charges, uh, Ray Rice, all that kind of stuff. Uh, going on in the NFL. So if you're going to go there and expect family-friendly entertainment and all of your favorite football heroes, your quarterback, your wide receiver, your defensive back, that they're clean, crystal clean record. No, that's not where you're going to go. But you shouldn't go to professional sports and any type of athlete or entertainer for your moral superiority and uh, be your moral leader. But there is a little bit of that decorum where, uh, I mean... You know, you talk about the amount of allegations that start piling up against it's somebody. It's wild. It's a lot. And to think that if you're anywhere between 24 and 66 allegations, that even just one of them is kind of crazy. But to the people, this is where you talk about being, you know, you don't want people being hypocrites. And all the people who are mad about Deshaun Watson are going to be right there in that Muni lot on Week one, going go Browns. If well, you're this, too, if, obviously, if you're this ticked off about it, right, and you say like, then oh, show up. you know, like Bill Squire with his uh, stupid, uh, uh, I'm an L.A. Chargers fan. Hashtag oh, bolt we're up. Just throwing names out there. Well, you know, whatever. <laughs> but he's doing, he's doing that whole thing. Then don't go to another game. Renounce, but then at the same time, the whole league is based on this and built yeah. up on this. So don't say like, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna root for another team. It's like. Yeah, and then, of course, you have Steeler fans who are like, oh, look at you. I'm like, you had a guy who was also accused of rape. And he won, like, 84 Super Bowls. So, I mean, at least you got Super Bowls out of it and got away with that. So, it's like you basically have to temper your expectations and enthusiasm. And it, it's just at that point, it's like, if you if you don't like it, fine. Then don't support the league. Don't watch another game. Don't do any of that. I said that, by the way, for the kneeling situation a few years ago. You don't like it? Don't watch it. Watch MLS. Watch... Uh, at the, the NHL, watch, uh, you know, episodes of Barnaby Jones or something. You know, do whatever you want at, at that point. But if you're really that ticked off about it, you know, you know, don't don't be a hypocrite. So, well, that's going to be that's going to be interesting. Go Guardians, by say, the way. Kids, look to your parents for your, you know, moral high ground. And if you can't look to them, there's this guy named Jesus you should look into. OK, that's all we're going to say about that. <laughs> I, why are you naming names right now? <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, we can wrap this bad boy up. 
And uh, my wife, Leah, thank you very much for being a part of this. Thank you and, for having me. Uh, I, you folks it's very are... very interesting. Yeah, I mean, As a, always. A little different from the, our podcast we did last year. Oh, last year got since last year got me into too much trouble. <laughs> Believe it or not, this podcast got someone into trouble. Yeah, cheek. Uh, you know. But it was with my own family, so it's fine. But this time around, <laughs> it, doesn't, uh, it doesn't hurt my paycheck or my bottom line. Yeah. So, well, it, it's uh, you know, I we'll do this every year then. Yeah. Every year that anniversary you decide you, decide you want to still be with me that I haven't. Uh, maybe it I is. mean you can have me on at other times. You know. Oh, right. I, I live here. No, I know. <laughs> I know you got a lot to say. You got a lot going well, on up there. Because I also don't. And not want a lot you, of room for other people think, to say stuff. Well, it's to attach you because you don't want it. You don't want to hear the things I say on that. Podcast. Well, it's already too late. I took your last name. I know. No, I'm saying that like <laughs> you start hearing about this, and I'm just like you probably because I record the podcast usually. We're inside right now, but I usually record them outside. And you probably every so often look out there, and I'm just ranting yeah, and raving for like flailing. an hour and a half. Or you're just, I can see, like, your chest getting, like, puffier and puffier, and I'm like, oh, he's on one right now. I'm on a rant. And I'm just in here watching Real Housewives or God knows what to do. You're dull, like, how do you talk Dull for my an- brain from all the news I had to compress all day long. You're like, how do you talk for an hour and a half straight? And I'm like, because I oh, can. Oh, that's not, that's never been a question for me. It's probably how we got together in the first place. Well, and the thing is where you, you talk about where I'm on the phone with Chad. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Uh, you and Chad talk more than I talk with my best friend. It's just... My best friends and I will, like, text each other in, like, a group chat, and then, like, we're good for, like, a month. These two. Oh, yeah. Every single... Well, that's why we created the Mondays with Mazer podcast, because we're like, we're just wasting possible material right now. Why don't we just, like, (laughs) record these as podcasts? And that's what we kind of did, so... Uh, uh, Oh, cool. My dad's... (laughs) My, my mom texted me. She said, Dad is bringing the cake with him to the game. Oh, good. Yes, we kept our top of our cake. Uh, so we're going to do... We did some nice traditional things with our wedding. Mm-hmm. Uh, as untraditional as I wanted to make it. Um, but we kept a lot of tradition involved. And yeah, one of them will be uh, thawing out a year-old cake and seeing if it still tastes good. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, why not? I mean, I think it's red velvet. I can't remember. What, I think that's what we saved for the top was red velvet. Our cake was awesome. Shout out Tiffany's Bakery. Delicious cake. I don't know if Tiffany's Bakery is going to want to be associated with this podcast Listen. after they hear what I, I'm going to say on Patreon. Um, no, well, but it's not the Patreon podcast. That's it's true. the free one. This is the free one. It is also going on Patreon, though. But uh, the Patreon exclusive, if you want more content like this where there's more uh, F-bombs. If you wanted to get a little, sa- a little spicier. A little saucy. A little spicy. Saucy podcast. Make How sure you go to you pa- patreon.com slash Tony Mazur, T-O-N-Y-M-A-Z-U-R. I'm also on Locals. I don't know how to upload on there. Uh, if anybody wants to give what me a What is that? Tutorial. That sounds like some weird dating website. It does. Go to Locals. No, it's uh, Dave, yeah. Dave Rubens. It's like a, it's like Patreon. Paul Rubens? Pee-wee? Not, pe- not, not Paul <laughs> Rubens. Dave Rubens. And Michael brother. Malice and everybody. Yeah, Pee-wee's they're, brother? Yeah. <laughs> hey, everybody. It's locals. <laughs> I'm almost done with this. Two seconds, I think. We're I usually go through about two drinks when I do these yeah. podcasts. So uh, last year we went through last several. Last year we went through a, we had a bottle. We had a whole bottle of vodka we did. So if you heard at the beginning, it's kind of like when you were watching Hollywood Squares back in the day and you'd have Paul Lind and you would notice that if you watched Monday's episode, he's like, oh, it's a, this. And then by Friday, it's like, ah, you mother. And talking to me. <laughs> 
because he's drunker as the week Good goes on. Night. So uh, that's kind of how that podcast was. If you want to go check it out and listen to how much we've grown since then, that's also in the archives, and go check that out. But for my wife, Leah, my name is Tony Mazur. Thank you again for uh, subscribing to the Patreon and listening for the free podcast. Uh, please share. Please share with five friends and uh, tell my story. Tell my story here uh, and tell our story. And happy anniversary to my wife here. Happy Two anniversary. Years. Two years. We'll do this again next year and we'll see how many more jobs and much more trouble that I've gotten <laughs> myself into coming up next year. Thanks, everyone. Good night. Go Bucks. <laughs>